الحمد للہ الحمد للہ وکفاسلام صدق اللہ العظیم undergoing this is something we have discussed many times and it is something that we have to keep reminding ourselves that we are in the state of test and how much are we passing this test or how much have we slipped in this test in order to assist us and help us to pass this test allah taala has made things very very easy for us allah taala sent the anbiya ali musallatu wasalam as guides finally came rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam the last and final messenger of allah taala allah taala sent him as a guide to all mankind as a mercy to all mankind allah taala revealed the quran sharif to him the quran sharif is a book of complete guidance the explanation of the quran sharif and the details of the aspects that are in the quran sharif allah taala inspired on the heart of rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam and he explained the quran sharif He explained the details, gave the detailed laws, taught the ummah what they are supposed to do, what they should not do, and all the related aspects. And then Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam made this very, very great effort and sacrifice to pass this message on. The extent of the sacrifice is beyond our imagination. We cannot. even fathom the kind of sacrifices that rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam made sacrifices in every facet sacrifices of every type whether it was a sacrifice in terms of his personal self then he was put through those kind of difficulties and hardships which nobody can even imagine as a result in one hadith sharif it is mentioned that nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam himself said laqad uzitu fillahi wa ma yu'za ahad wa laqad ukhiftu fillahi wa ma yukhafu ahad i have been given that amount of difficulty in the path of allah taala in the path of propagating the deen and the message of allah taala that nobody had to face such kind of difficulties so no matter what difficulty somebody faces Allah Taala grant afiyat to one and all 
Allah Ta'ala make everything easy for each person but what a consolation this is for every single person in any kind of difficulty that he reflects upon the sacrifices that were made by Rasulullah and to the extent that which he patiently bore the difficulties and the hardships that were heaped upon him by the disbelievers by the enemies of Allah and his Rasul and he remained steadfast in all this and he went ahead still and he passed on the message of Allah Ta'ala so this is beyond our imagination that what extent of sacrifice he made on his personal self that he's saying that I was made to suffer to the extent that nobody was made to suffer and I was made to fear in other words this part of this human nature that he is sometimes under threat sometimes there is a threat against his family sometimes there is other kind of dangers that he is put through so as a human anybody will feel some kind of fear some apprehension so Nabi Wasallam was also put through all these things and he says nobody else was put through it to the extent I was put through it but yet he remained steadfast in the face of all this then in terms of poverty hunger starvation Nabi went through all this and he went through all this more than anybody else on one occasion the Sahaba Ikram they came it was on the occasion of the battle of the trench and they were in severe hunger and they came and showed Nabi that due to the severe hunger we have now had to tie one one stone to our bellies each person has tied one stone to his belly this was a way in which they would try and subside the pangs of, hung- the pang of, pangs of hunger they would try to cool the pangs of hunger and in this way some kind of some say it was some kind of specific stone which had some effect of this nature that by tying it to the belly for a while one might not feel the intensity of the pain and the pangs of hunger so now this was the what they showed Nabi Wasallam that this is what we have had to now do because of this intense hunger that we are experiencing Nabi Wasallam on that occasion he then showed them that look you have one stone tied to your belly each one has one stone he picked up his upper sheet and he showed them I have two stones tied to my belly they didn't see it they didn't know it initially but when they came to show him he consoled them by showing them that look you are indeed in difficulty you are in pain you are in suffering for the sake of Allah Ta'ala but take consolation in the fact that I have two stones tied to my belly which means my pain of hunger is even more that I have to now put two stones so Nabi Islam went through that hunger as well he went through physical pain in terms of sometimes illness also Aisha Siddiqa once she expressed the severe headache that she had and she said this was a way of expressing pain on something that hi my headache how severe my headache is Nabi Islam replied to her and said Bal instead it is my headache which is far beyond once somebody complained about the fever that they were experiencing 
one of the Azwari Mutahharat, Nabi Sallallahu replied that I experienced the fever which two people generally experience. In other words, what two people's combined fever would be. I experienced that kind of fever alone. So in this regard also, Nabi Sallallahu went through this kind of difficulty. He bore this kind of hardship. So whether it was in terms of the suffering at the hands of the kuffar, whether it was the persecution by the disbelievers, whether it was the hunger that there were times when Nabi Sallallahu himself didn't have anything to eat, in his homes also there was nothing to cook. And for days on end, there was nothing available to cook. Once, once a guest came, so Nabi Sallallahu wanted to entertain the guest. So first he sent somebody to one house of his where one of the Azwari Mutaharaj was living, that room. She, the person came back with the reply that the noble wife of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, our mother, she replied and said that ma indana illa ma the only thing we have available in the home is water can we imagine that the home doesn't have a single edible item nothing that can be eaten at that stage in time there was nothing edible the only thing available was water then the next home the same answer then the third home the same answer there were eight homes of Rasulullah at that time and from all the houses came the same reply Ma indana illal ma on that particular occasion this was the situation the only thing available was water can we imagine our situation compared to Rasulullah that there was nothing so he experienced this situation and he went through this also <coughs> making sabr and making sugar in that condition as well. So Nabi Islam went through hunger, he went through sicknesses, he went through pain, he went through the difficulty and the very very emotionally difficult moment of having to give up his birthplace, give up his beloved city, give up the being the neighbor of the Baytullah in the neighbor of the Kaaba Sharif to give up all this and yet to migrate to Madina Munawwara make hijrat to Madina Munawwara so Rasulullah this was a very difficult aspect for him when he walked out and he was leaving Makkah Mukarramah at that time he turned around and he looked at Makkah Mukarramah and he so to say addressed Makkah Sharif itself and he said that had my people not removed me from here, I would not have left. Can we imagine what an emotional situation it might have been? But he bore that as well. And what was necessary to be done for the protection of the deen of Allah Ta'ala, he moved on and went to Madina Munawwara. Then even in Madina Munawwara, the disbelievers did not let him be in peace. They started waging war and various other difficulties. The Yahud and the Jews started bringing about the munafiqeen, the hypocrites, they began causing mischief from within and brought great amount of difficulty on Rasulullah They plotted to even assassinate him. They tried to poison him to death, which Allah Ta'ala protected him from. So many types of situations kept on coming. Then, Nabi Islam went through all that as well and he bothered patiently. 
they put him through the difficulty and the suffering of becoming uh, affected by sihr, by jadu, by black magic. And this was also a very difficult time for Rasulullah that he went through a good period of time where this used to be a very very severe effect on him uh, in terms of his physical self in terms of his health so this was something that affected him personally in terms of his health in terms of his physical self but he went through that as well Nabi was also made to go through the situation where he was slandered not personally but his beloved wife was slandered and in fact even Nabi Islam was slandered on one occasion Nabi Islam distributed some some wealth some spoils of war one munafiq he makes a terrible slander and he says that this distribution ma urida bihi wajhullah this wasn't done in the way that it should be done for the pleasure of Allah Ta'ala this was done with some personal motives involved some ulterior motives Nabi Wasallam became upset at this and he said that if I am not going to be just who else is going to be just I am the Nabi of Allah Ta'ala I am the one who receives wahi from Allah Ta'ala and this kind of slander is being leveled against me that I did something out of personal motives for ulterior motives na'uzubillah so Nabi Islam was slandered on this then his beloved wife was slandered Hazrat Aisha Siddiqa radiallahu ta'ala anha the munafiqeen found an opportunity and they na'uzubillah slandered her and this was a very very difficult time that Nabi Islam had to go through they were there was almost a month that passed and there was no wahi that came down in regard to the issue that was being circulated, the slander that was being made and finally after a whole month almost had passed an entire ruku of the Quran Sharif was revealed which showed the innocence of Hazrat Aisha Siddiqa and her purity and chastity was explained and this became very clear to everybody that this was a slander of the munafiqeen but for that period of time Hazrat Aisha suffered tremendously she couldn't eat anything from the time she became aware of this rumor circulating about her she couldn't sleep she became very very sick and obviously when she is suffering in that way that suffering is going to be felt by Rasulullah and all this time passed and Nabi had to go through this as well and even in that condition he passed through that with sabr and with shukr so there were all these various different halat different conditions and in all these conditions Nabi Islam was a rock of steadfastness his taluk and his connection with Allah Ta'ala didn't change in any way in fact it kept on increasing whenever there was any kind of danger that was being put forward and there was some kind of threat that was coming forward this actually increased the level of connection with Allah Ta'ala in the Quran Sharif Allah Ta'ala mentions regarding the Sahaba Kiram that when they were threatened and when they were made to try and feel afraid 
And Allah Ta'ala speaks about this, that when the kuffar send this false rumors, إِنَّ النَّاسَ قَدْ جَمَعُوا لَكُمْ فَخْشَوْهُمْ فَزَادَهُمْ إِيمَانًا وَقَالُوا حَسْبُنَ اللَّهُ وَنِعْمَ الْوَكِيلُ That Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and the Sahaba Kiram, they were now being made to become afraid. Why? The kuffar sent one after the battle of Uhud. The disbelievers, they moved away after the Muslims suffered a kind of defeat to a point. And when the kuffar left, they suddenly started thinking, but what did we do? We left the job half done. The Muslims were severely, 70 of their sahaba got martyred. So many became, were injured. And we could have really completed the job. We left without completing the job. We need to go back. When Nabi Islam heard about this, he came to know that this is what they are intending. From halfway, they want to come back now. Nabi Islam said to the sahaba kiram, that all those who had participated in Uhud, only they will go, we are leaving now. Now they just came back from Uhud, a lot of them, 70 of them were already martyred, those who came back, now that grief of all those who were martyred, that was with them. And then together with that, now they were injured, and Nabi Islam is saying, only those who went in Uhud will come out now. And they immediately said, Labbaik, Immediately on the call of Rasulullah sallam, they said Labbaik. Now they came out of Madina Munawwara, about eight miles out of Madina Munawwara to Hamraul Asad, a place called Hamraul Asad. When the disbelievers heard about this, they became very, very afraid. They said, These Muslims are already coming out to attack us. We're talking about going to attack them, they are already coming out to attack us. They got afraid and they went away. They turned on their heels and they left and went away, stayed to Makkah Mukarramah again. But then from there they started sending false messages, just to try and frighten the Muslims. That no, we're coming, we've got a very major army, very big army we've prepared. We are coming, we are going to totally annihilate the Muslims. Now this message comes. Now these rumors are being spread that the people of Makkah, the Quraysh, they have gathered this huge army so you should now become very worried. But what was the outcome of it? Fazadahum imana. Actually the iman increased on this. Waqalu hasbunallahu wa ni'mal wakil. And they turned to Allah Ta'ala and they said, Hasbunallah. Allah is enough for us. Allah Ta'ala is enough for us wa ni'mal wakil. And He is the best being to take care of all our affairs. Nobody else can do this. Only Allah Ta'ala can do it for us. Hasbunallah. In fact, it is mentioned in the Hadith Sharif when Ibrahim was thrown into the fire of Namrud. So, at that critical time, when the angels were also now very, very concerned and they came and offered their help, as Jibreel came and offered his help. And now Ibrahim was going to fall in this fire. He was already airborne. But the last words that he said in the Rivayat of Bukhari Sharif it is mentioned that the last words that he said before he was dropped into this fire before he fell into it Hasbunallah wa ni'mal wakil Hasbunallah Allah is enough for us and Allah Ta'ala is the one that will take care of all our affairs He is the best of that and Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam also when he is now being put through all this kind of situations Hasbunallah wa ni'mal wakil so in all these situations that Nabi Islam went through, on the one hand, 
the lesson in this is that he went through the level of sacrifice and the level of pain and suffering which nobody can imagine his sahaba are being martyred one after the other there are so many situations coming up that hunger is there the fear is there the enemies are trying to pounce on them they are being attacked from time to time there are so many kinds of other problems that are coming about the munafiqeen are creating problems the yahud are trying to create mischief have we imagined this situation and in the midst of all this Nabi Islam is still steadfast very very firm and steadfast and it is Hasbunallah wa ni'mal wakil now this is what we need to also learn this lesson Hasbunallah wa ni'mal wakil that in all halat all conditions whatever situations we are human we are prone to feel sometimes very disturbed very very afraid become emotional if there is some grief we will feel that grief if there is some pain we will feel the pain if there is some illness some sickness we will feel the pain of that if there is some loss we will feel the pain and the grief of that loss we are human beings after all we are insan we are made of emotions also so we are not something that is inanimate we will feel these conditions but in all these conditions if a person keeps his attention towards Allah Ta'ala then inshallah he will feel comforted and he will experience the support from the side of Allah Ta'ala and therefore this is one of the things to recite excessively in the time of difficulties Hasbunallah wa ni'mal wakil Hasbunallah wa ni'mal wakil so on the one hand this is the lesson that to take consolation from the various situations that Rasulullah went through and some of these things were what he had accepted voluntarily for example the aspect of poverty Nabi undertook the condition of poverty as his choice otherwise Allah Ta'ala had offered to turn the mountains into gold for him but he opted to rather experience poverty you know poverty is a difficult situation there is a lot of difficulty in it but Nabi Islam opted for it why? this was a means of making it easy for his ummah because everybody in the ummah is not going to have wealth so the ummah there will be some who will have wealth the bulk of the ummah might not have it and some will be very very poverty stricken also but in all these halat and conditions they will be able to identify with Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa that he underwent all this if my Nabi sallallahu underwent it then inshallah Allah ta'ala will make it easy for me also but he will feel consoled he will feel he will not become overwhelmed with the situation he will make dua he will do whatever is in his capacity to try and overcome the situation but he won't become overwhelmed with the emotion he'll keep the himmat, he'll feel the courage he will not lose hope he will not become despondent rather he will turn to Allah Ta'ala and he will feel consoled by the fact that even Rasulullah Sallallahu went through all this so this is the one lesson to keep reflecting on the life of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam unfortunately we got time for other things we got time for chatting and all kinds of Allah forbid even haram chatting we got time to be looking at things on the 
phone which are impermissible, which destroy the heart, which cause havoc in the heart, which destroy a person's peace of mind also, which create all kinds of turmoil in the heart and mind. And it spoils a person's akhirat obviously, spoils a person's deen, all this is obvious. It even spoils a person's dunya. A person's peace of mind, contentment is all destroyed. And the person is in a state of turmoil. A person can't function correctly. So, just as these things cause havoc in deen, they cause havoc in a person's dunya also. So now we got unfortunately time for all these things which destroy all the good in our life. But if you haven't got time, then you haven't got time to read the Mubarak Seerat of Rasulullah wasallam that we ask from our Mualimas, etc. What, which is an authentic book to, recite, to read <coughs> with regards to the Seerat. As part of our syllabus, we do some brief discussion of Seerat, but there are much more detailed books so as we are able to now read this detailed literature, this is what we should be reading. Not wasting our time on all these futile things, on these idle things. Allah forbid reading novels. These are very, very harmful and detrimental things. There are people who read novels. There are some novels which we don't want to take the name of those novels which are not published very, which were published not very long ago. And many, many people, many Muslims are reading it. And there are people, forget Muslims, non-Muslims talking, that after they read those particular novels, they became very, very involved in all kinds of immoral things. That mere one reading of that novel totally polluted the heart and mind, and the person who was not involved in all this immorality before that, we're talking about non-Muslims, they're writing about it. They are complaining about how this novel destroyed their lives. And I'm deliberately not taking the name because this is also sometimes something is discussed in order to warn a person, shaitan, make somebody else curious, let me go and see now. And shaitan now takes a person to go and look at it. Why? Because this person's heart now is not strong enough and shaitan knows that this person will go out of curiosity to see it, but that will be enough. The curiosity will kill that cat. And before that person knows it, he's also caught up in the same immorality. Now these books are written with this objective to create immorality because there is an agenda behind it that an immoral nation is easy to control because they are more interested only in their leisures and pleasures they got no concern for any kind of sacrifice they got no concern for worrying about who is living and who is dying as long as it is not somebody immediately close to them the rest of the people, what happens to them doesn't matter at all what is going on with the Muslims throughout the world besides being a news item it doesn't affect them in any way it doesn't even crease their foreheads it doesn't even bring a tinge in their hearts what is happening to my Muslim brothers and sisters how they are being persecuted how they are being tortured what kind of suffering they are being made to go through nothing crosses the heart and mind also why? it's just a news item oh, oh that's what's happening Buzz. like how somebody heard that uh, okay so and so warned something a news item now that person far away he won thousand rand or a million rand ok fine and Allah forbid somebody got killed somebody was massacred that too is a news item this too is a news item somebody won one million rand too is a news item 
somebody got, community got massacred, who is a news item? Unfortunately, this becomes the case when? When a person gets caught up in all this immorality and vice, looking at haram and so on, then that is what occupies the heart. And the concern for others, the concern for deen, the concern for our own akhirat, all that just goes away, just fizzles out. Nothing of it remains Allah forbid. So, what is the issue here? That we are to be taking the time to read the seerat of Rasulullah sallallahu All these filthy things, all these harmful things, these destructive things, all these novels should be taken and burnt up. We should never touch it. Touching that novel should be like a person touching filth. You should be feeling disgusted to touch that novel. You should be feeling very, very disgusted to go close to it also. There should be an abhorrence. There should be a terrible feeling. Like how a person, if he's told that this book, there's all kinds of swearing against your parents in this, and your family, and you, and somebody has written this whole book to just swear you, and just uh, talk all kinds of filth about you. Now the person will feel very, you know, but, but the person has written it in such an entertaining manner. It's, you know, so captivating, and it's so thrilling, and it takes a person through a, not a story, but that in the midst of all that story, that fiction that the person made, in that process he's swearing somebody, swearing their family, swearing their parents, swearing their grandparents, swearing their aunts and uncles, and talking all kinds of vulgarity against everybody in his family. So he says, but no, it's so entertaining. You know, it's written in such a thrilling manner. It's such a captivating book. If a person still thinks like that, well, it's very captivating, very entertaining, then besides mourn the death of every good in the person, what else can we do? And make dua, obviously, that Allah Ta'ala gives hidayat to us and to everybody. So unfortunately, the same happens with us when we get caught up in all these things, that this in reality, na'uzubillah, is degrading our, it's, it's running down and trampling our deen, trampling our values, trampling what Rasulullah gave us. This is worse than somebody's family being sworn at. That all the values that Rasulullah presented to the ummah, these novels and this literature and all these things that come through on the, uh, through the electronic media and whatever else, which is trampling, it's mocking the sunnah of Rasulullah mocking the ahkam of deen and we say but no I am very entertained by it it's making haram look very good and we say no I am very entertained by it illicit relationships sounds like a fashion in all this they make it look like a fashion Nabi Wasallam totally gave us the abhorrence of it that how terrible it is what a severe thing it is that a person who Allah forbid a person who gets involved in the terrible sin of zina, it's such a disgusting act that if they were married people, they will be stoned to death publicly. This is to make the entire public realize what a disgusting thing has happened. That it's something that should make a person feel nauseous. That is a kind of punishment that is being meted out and it has to be done publicly so that everybody takes a lesson from this. Now that which Deen planted this abhorrence, this disgust in the heart for it, these novels and this literature and all these kind of things, what it does, it makes it look like a fashion. And it makes it look like if a person is not involved in all these kind of things, then something is wrong with him, Nauzubillah. 
The person who is right, these things make him look wrong. And the person who is wrong, these things make him look like you in style. You are right. So now those kind of that kind of literature which mocks our Nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam mocks his values. Naudhu billah, It mocks the commands Allah Taala has given us. Are we still going to entertain ourselves with all this? And all these this kind of literature, some way it might be more, some way it might be less, some way it might be very blatant, some way it's very subtle, but all in some way or the other, by and large, this will come in somewhere. So all this is to be totally shunned, totally shunned out of our life. We don't want to go anywhere near it. We should feel disgusted about it. What we should be reading? We should be reading the seerat of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam, reading about his Mubarak way of life, reading about the way of the Sahaba Ikram. Then this consolation, on the one hand, the consolation from all these incidents of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam, we'll be able to take as well. The other thing, we'll learn some spirit of sacrifice, we'll acquire some spirit of sacrifice. That Nabi Islam undertook all this for what? So that deen could come alive. So that the word of Allah Ta'ala could come alive. And this could be above everything. That the supreme thing and thing that should be above everything should be the word of Allah Ta'ala. Now just as Rasulullah Sallallahu undertook all the sacrifice so that deen could reach us, when we will study his Mubarak life, besides being consoled by his incidents, the spirit of sacrifice will come in our hearts as well, inshallah. We will be able to undertake sacrifices for deen, to bring deen alive. And what is the sacrifice that is required from us? From us, in our current situation, the sacrifices are which we call sacrifices, in a sense maybe, yes it is sacrifices, but in reality is not sacrifice. In reality is not a sacrifice. For example, a person had something very dangerous with him, very dangerous, any moment that he can explode and it can destroy him. And then he took it and he threw it away, he disposed of it. So now he says, no, I sacrificed it. You see, but you didn't sacrifice it, you did yourself a favor. You didn't sacrifice anything. You did yourself a very big favor that you disposed of this dangerous item. It could have exploded in your face any time and killed you, destroyed everything. So likewise, what we are to be sacrificing is the haram, the sinful things. Sacrifice the fashion of the West. Sacrifice the immoral dressing of the West. Sacrifice the jeans and t-shirt culture. Sacrifice this tight clothing culture. Sacrifice all this following of the Western lifestyle. And in reality, this is no sacrifice. It's doing ourselves a great favor. It is just doing ourselves a very, very great favor because all these things are destructive. And Allah forbid sometimes it just explodes in such a way that it destroys everything. Every moment it's dis- destructive, it's harming, it's causing dif- some harm. But sometimes it really explodes in such a way, Allah forbid Allah Ta'ala save us, it destroys everything. So this is the lesson for today that we should shun all this evil literature, all the harmful things, and what we should be reading is the authentic seerat of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa And in this way, inshallah, on the one side, this will give us great himmat and courage also. And on the other side, it will imbi- inspire us with the spirit of sacrifice. 
and at least we will be able to inshallah sacrifice the haram sacrifice the things that will not be pleasing to Allah and His Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam and sacrifice the things that will harm our qabr or akhirat may Allah tabarak wa ta'ala give us a tawfiq enable us to stick to reading to listening to that which he is pleased with and save us from everything that he is displeased with wa akhiru da'wana an alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen allahumma lakal hamdu kulluhu wa lakal shukru kulluhu allahumma la nuhsi thana'an alayk anta kama athnayta ala nafsik jazallahu anna nabiyyana muhammadan sallallahu alayhi wa sallama bima huwa ahlu ربنا ظلمنا أنفسنا وإن لم تغفر لنا وترحمنا لنكونن من الخاسرين ربنا هب لنا من أزواجنا وذرياتنا قرة أعين وجعلنا للمتقين إماما وجعلنا للمتقين إماما وجعلنا للمتقين إماما اللهم افتح لنا بالخير واختم لنا بالخير واجعل عواقب امورنا بالخير بيدك الخير انك على كل شيء قدير اللهم انا نسالك العفو والعافيه اللهم انا نسالك العفو والعافيه والمعافاه الدائمه في الدين والدنيا والاخره والفوز بالجنه والنجاه من النار والفوز بالجنه والنجاه من النار والفوز بالجنه والنجاه من النار اللهم انا نسالك من خير ما سالك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم ونعوذ بك من شر ما استعاذك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم انت المستعان وعليك البلاغ ولا حول ولا قوه الا بالله العلي العظيم وصلى الله تعالى على خير خلقه سيدنا محمد واله وصحبه اجمعين والحمد لله رب العالمين